0: I'm Kim Grenells of Dogman.com. Uh, we are at Husky Stadium, where the first practice for fall camp 2018 is finished. I'm with Chris Fetters, Scott Eklund, Luke Munger. Kind of a calm, mild day out on the shores of Lake Washington. Low 70s, a little bit of a breeze, but uh, boy, you couldn't ask for better weather than what you got today. Not too hot, not too cold, just pretty mild and uh, weather report. Expect the temperatures to rise within the next week and we'll get into the low to uh, mid 80s uh, by midweek next week. But uh, you couldn't ask for better weather than what we saw today with blue skies right on the water. Yeah, uh, uh, it's always good to get. <laughs> we want to talk about football,
1: Kim. Yeah, I know. Come on, man, let's go. I know. better
0: <laughs> report. You're giving a weather report. We want the news, not the weather. Fetters is wearing a Hawaiian shirt, <laughs> and uh, Luke is wearing a Patagonia shirt, and uh, Scott is wearing USC colors. But uh, um, anyways it's always good, you know, when we get out here and we see some of the new guys we haven't seen in a while. Look who's got bigger, who's got stronger, who looks more impressive. But uh, you know, again, where we. have been used to the first practice under Pete being a lot of fundamentals. You know, they were snapping the ball and throwing the ball around quite a bit more than I'm used to seeing them on first practice, Chris.
1: Well, I don't know. It's weird because this was kind of the way it was first practice in spring, I thought. It was like they're kind of ramping up into it. Chris Peterson talked Thursday about how going from 0 to 100 is not an ideal situation for them. That's just not something that they want to do, and it's something that's counterproductive for them to just expect these guys to be able to just roll right into it. So I thought there was a little bit of that. Um, I thought that they did try to roll some of the brand new guys in a little bit against each other, you know, from time to time during some of the team stuff, which was interesting. Um, it's hard to really tell who's gotten bigger, stronger, faster over the summer just because – Uh, It's either Rick Nuhansel or or One of those guys would say these guys were were in underwear, light bulbs. They're they're, they're not in full pads yet. They won't be in full pads for a couple days. So um, it's hard to get a good read that way. But I thought that the, the overall tempo of the practice was pretty good. I thought they kind of kept him going a little bit. But at the same time, you can tell that the new guys, I think, were struggling a little bit with the conditioning and the pace.
0: Scott, do you think that they don't ease into their schedule this year? North Dakota is not their first game. It's Auburn. Do you think that has something to do with what we're going to see in fall practice, ramping it up a little faster, a little earlier?
2: I I don't think that's an invalid point. I would, I don't know if we're ready if that's really going to be the case. But um, one thing we we've been used to since Peterson has been here, and, I, and correct me if I'm wrong about last fall camp. But I thought they usually did the young or the older guys, the veterans. They split them up, yeah. and they aren't allowed to do two a days. But that isn't considered two a days because they didn't have. The players doing two-a-days, it was the coaches doing two-a-days. So if I remember correctly, so did they do that last year? Is this the first time they haven't done that for the first day of camp? I truly
1: don't. I know I know they've done it in the past, yeah. for sure. I can't remember if they, if this was the first year where they haven't done that. Yeah, I, I can't remember that. This is Peterson's
2: fourth year at UW, right? Fifth. Fifth, Fifth. Fifth year, okay, sorry. Fifth year, yeah. So I, I think they did it for four straight years. Anyway, that was just a little bit different feel for me in the first you know for the first day because usually it was the first two days that they did that kind of stuff but um you know the I think part of it is they feel really good about the guys that they brought in and instead of having to go just through the fundamentals a lot of these guys have been through a lot of this work and and already and and you know Austin Osborne and and the other two the two quarterbacks already being in camp and everything like that I think I think they just figure hey our guys are ready to go Let's just get him out there on the field and work.
1: I was going to say, too, uh, other than, again, Ali Kaho, and, yes, we will be getting to Ali Kaho in a little bit. Um, Other than him, I think everybody else participated in the LEAP, correct? Yes. And if that's the case, they all worked out with Browning and Fuller leading the troops. So that would also get them, Mm -hmm. you know, probably on a little faster footing than maybe we would have seen in years past.
0: One other thing that I think is really unusual in this practice today, first of all, they don't want us talking about injuries, and they don't want us talking about who's participating and who's not. But uh, the only one that was not participating today was the guy that uh, you know Pete has addressed, and that's Hunter Bryant. But there was nobody else in, you know, everybody else was practicing. Well, that's, was one- that's actually
1: not true. Yeah, there, was there was one, one, one. other guy. We can't so, talk about can't it. can't talk so. about yep. it. So you, you just set
0: yourself up. Was he in the 50s, numbers in yes, the 50s? Yes, he was. Okay, yeah, was, that's okay. But, <laughs> but no. <laughs> wow, okay, so Kim Grinnells is now discriminating against players in the 50s. But uh, no, there was uh, more players. There's uh, the fewest amount of injuries or people yeah, on the sidelines would, I've seen since I've been here. I would say that was definitely the case, yeah. yeah, yeah. There, there's no doubt.
1: Um, You know, and that's not to say, again, since we can't go into it, that's not – don't jump to conclusions and say, "Oh, that means that Chico McClatcher is full go and Jordan Miller's full go and Trey Adams is full." That doesn't mean anything. It just means they were out here and they were getting some work in. Don't read any more into it than that. Big place today,
0: Scott.
2: Yeah, uh, Jordan Chin had a – I'm going to guess it was a 45, 50-yard uh, reception that he literally went horizontal for. I mean, he, he laid out for it, got behind uh, Julius Ervin and Isaiah Gilchrist for a big play, uh, probably the play of the day. But then you could say the two passes from Jake Haner. Haner hit uh, Jordan Chin, but he also hit uh, Kate Otten twice down the seam for a couple, couple of big plays too. So um, – All three of those plays had some, had some, elicited a lot of cheers from the offensive side. Defensively, uh, Devin Bush uh, stripped uh, Richard Newton of the ball and got got a fumble recovery. And then um, Byron Murphy got an interception off of Jake Hayner in, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, Jake Browning in um,
1: seven on seven. I think there might have been a botched snap. That was also recovered. Maybe. I want to say by Josiah Bronson. That might have been the case. But, so I,
3: that was the only two that I saw. But yeah. yeah. Well, but then right after the interception, I think literally the next two plays mm-hmm. after the Jake Browning interception, Jake Browning goes deep to Aaron Fuller, past Keith line. Taylor, next sideline, very next play he goes deep this time to Alex Cook. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. So then, like interception, touchdown, yeah. touchdown for yeah. on three consecutive plays from Jake Browning, bouncing back strong. The one thing that kind of stood out to me. About this practice is I feel like we always talk about, and this might be more of a spring thing than a fall thing, but I, I, people have talked about in the past how a lot of times with really good programs, defenses will kind of come out and have the upper hand early. But th- this year it felt like at least immediately, I wouldn't say the offense dominated or the defense dominated, but it felt like a pretty even battle. The times that they did go live, kind of they were trading blows, so to speak.
1: Yeah, and I think that's true, and I think that was I think we saw a lot of that in spring as well. I will say on the chin play. Definitely an early candidate for play of the, of the, of the camp already. Um, it's been a while since I've seen a kid literally lay out mm-hmm. horizontal like that. I mean, he was full-on horizontal with the ground, mm-hmm. a good two, three feet up above it, caught it just flat out. And the other thing was is that the players, there was some noticeable juice after that play. That It was almost like, okay, Monster play. Now we can start practicing. Mm -hmm. Like it, it just didn't kind of feel like things had gone off until Chin got that catch, and then after that, it felt like there was some energy and there was some enthusiasm.
0: Yeah, the press conference yesterday. You know, we were talking about how it was hard to tell who's got bigger, stronger, and faster. And uh, yesterday's press conference, Chris Peterson, when the name Joe Tryon came up, uh, he smiled, and I think we got an idea of why today. Um, he sure passes the look test, and he's wearing number nine, you know, and we're so programmed to see Miles you know, Gaskin wearing number nine. And, okay, that's not Miles Gaskin, but uh, Joe Tryon looks like a guy that I think they have pretty high expectations uh, for, and he could be a breakout player this year. He looks good. Yeah,
2: it wouldn't surprise me if he is, but, you know, I mean, he was still taking reps with the third unit, so, you know. He's got, a, he's got some work
1: to do. He's got some climbing to do. I was going to say, I thought if, when you were looking at the first team at that, that particular particular position, I mean, because he's still more of a buck in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy that, that looked like he was getting a lot of reps was Amandre Williams. Mm-hmm. So that that seems to me like maybe, I'm not saying he's got the inside edge at all, but uh, certainly seemed to, to, to see more of Amandre today than than either a guy like Tron or Miles Rice or some of these other
0: guys. Well, two years ago, Coach Pete said that he was probably a guy who would burn his red shirt, mm-hmm. and he didn't. So he was a guy that you know Pete had led us to believe would play as a freshman. So obviously the talent's there with him, Andre. Um, you know, so he's good like an athlete. So he could be that guy off the edge that they so, so desperately need. Yeah.
2: But, I mean, he wasn't even really playing the buck, though, was he? No. He was, he was playing was the playing Sam. The yeah, exactly. So... Um, you know, Ryan Bowman was the one who was starting at uh I didn't see I honestly didn't see Benning in there with the with the first group at all today. He
3: was
1: in with uh, the second and he had yeah. a sack, but he was yeah. never in with the first team. Yeah. yeah, and again this might be still it's some of the rotations and yeah. just we need
2: we need we need to let everybody know. This is a caveat is they work on different combinations. Packages. They they want different guys to do different things. They want to see how one guy reacts, how other guys react. the the lineup means nothing at this point.
1: Yeah, for instance, I was going to say, for instance, on the offensive line, at left tackle, I saw a lot of Jared Hilbers, and then I saw Henry come in. I'm like, um, I know Henry Roberts is here, and I know he's practicing. Where is – And then finally, at the end of the day, he started showing up with the first team again. So they're really – the point being is they're really repping guys through and and getting guys at different – like Devin Burleson, mm -hmm. I saw him getting reps at right tackle. I also saw saw him getting reps at left guard. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of mixing and matching going
2: on. And, I mean, Roberts, just so people
1: know, he
2: he was the one who went out there first with the first unit at uh, left tackle. So um, you're not going to – I did see Trey Adams get in there. For against um, or not against uh, in special teams work in field goal stuff, so he is getting some reps. But uh, boy, from what I saw today, I just don't see a guy who's going to be ready in time for the Auburn game. But I guess we'll just have to wait. Yeah, I mean
1: it's hard not to speculate and, and look ahead, but it's hard to To see him being ready that far, especially with so many important games, Mm -hmm. because you've got obviously you've got North Dakota, but then at the end of the month you've got Utah at Utah. That's a monster Pac twelve game.
2: As important as the Auburn game is for perception of Washington and for for the conference, when it comes to making or winning the league, it means absolutely squat. And Mm -hmm. so um, you you want him available. For the whole season, not for, the, for that first game. I was also going right. to say, Kim, real
1: quickly. You talked about Trey Adams playing on the special mm-hmm. teams. Quick, real, they had three kickers out there today that got kicks. Mm-hmm. They did one set on the left hash, one set on the right hash. They went Peyton Henry, Van Soderberg, Dylan Williams. All of them went one for two. From so, the same distance. from the same distance, different hash. hashes. Yeah. Go Henry, figure. Peyton
2: Henry did hit one earlier in the day on a when they when a drive stalled when a.
0: Drive stall. yeah,
1: I'm just talking about the end yeah, of end of end of, uh, uh, end of practice. Uh,
0: they were a whole one of two, so yeah, I've been saying for a long time. want to go go back to trey Adams. I've been saying for a long time. I don't expect him to play until the first conference game, and that's against Utah. So that's when I expect um, Henry, um, excuse me, Trey Adams back. So I'm sticking to this. And, by the way, staying on the offensive line, Caleb McGarry's just out there, a big old hoss. <laughs> I mean, you tend to ignore him because he's been around so long, but Caleb McGarry being Caleb McGarry again today.
2: And the right, t- and the right guard is the one that a lot of people are – because that's really the battle that we're, that we're going to see – and that one, the at least with the first group when they came out, it was Matt James.
1: Yeah, and, and, and ironically, when I saw the second team come out, it was Matt James. Mm-hmm. So unless he's battling himself, yeah. we'll see if an actual battle materializes there. Um, Scott Huff might just be so intrigued with what Matt James gives them and, and the veteran presence, and he does have he does have starts under his belt. So that just might be might be enough. Just, just.
3: I was just saying, or they could just be figuring that if he's the guy that they want, then just the more reps, the merrier. Yeah. Uh, but you know, yeah,
0: yeah. Scott, the recruiting guy, you've been covering a lot of these guys for a long time. New guys, first impression, anybody stand out at you? Um,
2: Marquis Spiker is very smooth uh, running routes. He is skinny though. He's
1: very skinny. He is skinny. That's what he noticed, what he noticed to
2: me. He, he needs he needs to add some size. He's going to play this year, but he's skinny. Um,
1: and I'm doing a I'm doing a spotlight on the receivers tonight. And I am struggling to see if he ever even got a target.
2: Yeah. Today. Well, he got it. the only one that I saw him on was the one, uh, not one-on-one work. There was one
1: on. Was sc- it, well, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. I'm talking about during the teamwork, yeah. and I think there was one where maybe out of a scramble they threw in his general direction, but it wasn't really catchable. Yeah. So, yeah, I would. To me, it's interesting because the guy that stood out for me of the newbies. It's Kyler
0: Gordon. All three of those DVs, yeah, I think, DBs. were as advertised after yeah. one practice.
1: Right, and again, talking to Jimmy Lake, I know you talked to Jimmy Kim, and, and you know he was talking about how they they still need to get to the speed and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot to work on, obviously. Um, but Kyler Gordon, just on the on the drills where he's backpedaling and he's searching for the ball in the air and he's and he's high pointing it. 40-inch vert. I mean, it's just stupid yeah. how easy he gets up in the air.
2: Uh, Richard Newton, I thought, w- looked a little more narrow than I thought. I thought he'd have broader shoulders. That's typically what you see with running backs. So that was a little surprising to me. Um You know, Vic Kern is high-waisted. I was pretty impressed with him. Well, he plays – they had
1: him as a right tackle. Right tackle,
2: yeah. At 6'3". Yeah. Yeah, so um, MJ Alley looks huge, but he's – He played next to him. Yeah, so um, when we're kind of hesitant. We don't know if we want to talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it because I'm going to have it in my freshman report. Is Tule led to Ligasanoa. He's a talented kid. You can see it when he runs around and stuff. His body looks sloppy. It looks very sloppy to me. And uh, Now, the jerseys they wear don't help big guys like that, but um, I was a little disappointed to see how sloppy he was. My guess is they'd like him to to cut about 20 pounds.
1: I would also Uh, say, too, just in general, the defensive linemen, the the new boys – yeah. They looked like they were struggling for pace. Yeah I mean, they looked yeah, like at the end when they were doing some of their sprints mm-hmm. and things like that., yeah, it wasn't just it was oh, all no. of them looked no, like I'm they not were struggling. Saying, I, but I, I'm not all I'm
2: talking about is just what he looked like right. in, you know, and everything like that. Mo, on the other side, though, Mosiah Nasili right. Liu, oh that guy is a specimen. Right. Now, can he play? I don't know. But, oh, man, that guy looks good. So that was kind of fun to see. Linebacker MJ Tafisi looks mm-hmm. good size. Um, I thought he looked pretty good. Um, yeah,
1: and they rolled Jackson Sermon in a little bit. Yeah, a little
2: bit. Yeah, I saw him get in there. He's tall. Yeah, yeah. He's taller than I thought he was. I so, um, left him at 6'2". Yeah, if he, he looks, looks taller than when that. When I
0: met him, he seemed like he was 6'4". Yeah. He used to have a Spartlet size. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. So um, that's just kind of off the top of my head, guys. I mean, we already. We, oh, Trey Lowe. I mean, that was a guy well put together. I thought he was going to be smaller than that. I don't know if you guys. He looks like a
1: running back to me. He looks
2: like a running back. Yeah, me. he, like running back. yeah. yeah I mean, because you talk about
1: Newton being narrow. He's not narrow.
2: Yeah, he's not any smaller than Miles Gaskin is. He he is. It ex- would not surprise me at all if he gets some running back. Scott, tariffs. I
1: think he's exactly what I think we all pictured and what Chris Peterson talked about during signing day Uh is that Chico McClatcher, Uh maybe a little bigger, but he is a Chico McClatcher body type. Mm-hmm. And we all know Chico is a thicker is that, guy yeah. who can break tackles and do those mm-hmm. kinds of things out on the edges. And I think that's exactly what they very
0: impressed with him. Yeah, expect out of Trey Lowe. And one you know, I think the freshman that looks the part more than any of the freshmen that I saw today, and probably has something to do with his dad playing pro football, but Julius Irvin just looks like he belongs. Mm-hmm. I mean he doesn't yeah. he looks like he belongs. I, I saw, he
2: was the third best D B out of the three. I well, I'm physically so, yeah. all three. Three of those guys oh, they they look, look, look like they good. belong, but man, Hampton just—I and I know people. I have a, had a love affair with Dominic Hampton yeah. since <laughs> since Washington got on him, and then you know whatever. But man, that guy is so long. He he looks like Keith Taylor does, and Keith Taylor's two years older than him, so or I guess only a year older than him. But still, I mean, just impressive. But you know, Irvin, I mean, the ball skills are great. I, I still think Kyler Gordon. Had probably the best day of that group, though. Yeah.
1: And all, and to be fair, and we thought we were trying to maybe project and extrapolate out a little bit and thinking maybe one of those three might be getting rolled in at safety a little mm-hmm. bit or a nickel. They all played corner. Maybe. They all played corner. And then those nickel guys that you would expect from spring, guys like Miles Bryant... Uh, guys like Elijah Molden were in there. Um, did Austin Joyner play yes, any nickel today? He did. Today? Yeah. He did. Mm-hmm. So those are the guys.
2: regular corner and nickel corner. Right.
1: And, and Austin Joyner, you saw he's booked up to 200 pounds. Yeah. So, I expect that he is going to be maybe a guy they've tried to roll down a little closer to the line. I think they're because he likes contact, as we know.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, uh, kind of surprising today. Uh, no recruits here today, Scott.
2: Yeah, because there's no, it's a dead period. But they're they not allowed. Be, they're nope. not allowed? Nope. Okay. Not allowed on campus. Yeah. New no, rule.
0: So, uh, no recruits on campus. Hunter Bryant was catching passes on the sidelines. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we could talk about that, can't we? Yeah,
2: no. <laughs> well, he's out.
1: I mean,
0: yeah, I mean, I mean, he was there. I mean, he was
1: it wasn't like he was working out or anything. I think he was just trying to stay as active as he can and Mm -hmm. do those things. But that's I mean, he's he's out for the foreseeable future.
0: One guy missing, you know, Coach Pete talked about it yesterday and lots of stuff out in the media about the linebacker out of Reno, Ale Cahoe, and I just want to preface it that um, it sounds like a difficult family situation, and you take the pressure that an 18-, 19-year-old kid is under with, you know, the family dynamics and then having it played out in the newspaper and on the Internet, I'm sure that just amps it up a little bit. Uh, what's going on, I'll tell you right now, there's really no way of knowing. I'm sure there's a family version i'm sure there's a coach's version and i'm sure there's a mixture of in between but uh yeah it's just uh it sounds like a tough deal scott
2: yeah i mean i've heard you know i've heard from both sides i'm sure it's somewhere in the middle he feels like washington lied to him didn't get him in um academically and he said they were going to help him and he
0: that wasn't the case, and there, on the other hand, I've heard that you know he got it done, and everything as as it is, and that's the problem with situations like this. You know, it's just there's information out there, and I'm hearing both sides of it, and I'm hearing that portion, I'm hearing the other side, and I'm not sure that you know it's not somewhere in between. I think the
1: the only undisputable fact that we know right now, indisputable fact, is that he's he's not at Washington and he's not on their roster anymore.
2: Probably not coming.
1: Well, I can't say that as a fact, but the fact is they took him off the roster today we can imply or assume all we want about what that means for his chances of eventually coming to Washington. But if there was any chance, in my opinion, based on that fact, if there was any, if there was any chance of him coming to Washington, I don't know if they would have done that Mm -hmm. unless it was a procedural thing, Mm -hmm. right? You have to take him off the roster. You've got to do some of these things compliance. You've got to make sure that you dot your I's and cross your T's. And then once they get back to what, Ali Kaho wants to do, mm-hmm. whether that's come to Washington or whether that's to go somewhere else, then you deal with it at that time. But I have a feeling that if the, 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 the report is true that they've already asked for their release from Washington, which is simply just releasing him from his letter of intent. He hasn't enrolled, so they can't release him as like a transfer for instance. And that's why I think there's a lot of comparisons to the, to the Brian Addison situation mm-hmm. at ucla where he was able to get out of it but there were academics involved and we and there's also academics involved in this one as well we just don't know the extent as to what the academic situation thought, was we've heard I both sides i thought
0: addison got denied admissions at ucla he did well and the bottom line is cahoe could have gotten denied admissions at well, washington this is what too. Happened, we don't know this that this
2: is what happened with addison addison's um score got red flagged by the by the ncaa but it was eventually accepted. UCLA told him he had to retake it, right. and he didn't want to retake it. Right. No, actually, I'm sorry. Take that back. It was red flagged for the written portion, which UCLA only takes well, takes all three: the written, verbal, and math. Whereas Oregon said we'll only take the or the uh, written and or the verbal and the and the math instead right. of the written part, and that's why he was able to get in with that score.
1: And, and when it comes to The situation where Washington required him to take a language class, Mm -hmm. if that language class somehow, if there are other schools out there that were not going to require him to do that, Mm -hmm. then it's a situation where everything Mm -hmm. else reads to he would be eligible to go somewhere else, Mm -hmm. whether it's a a USC or an Oregon or an Alabama, Mm -hmm. which is, to our reports, what we're hearing from the people that are talking to the people around the Cahoe family and around the situation. They're thinking that Alabama probably is the safest bet because not just, you know, people. I know people are going to be confused by that. They go, oh, it's a family situation. He wants to stay close. Well, this is a family situation where he has some, they had deaths in the family. He has his parents getting divorced. It's a situation he, where he's dealing with the family stuff, but me, he wants to get out.
2: He told me he wanted to get away
3: from right.
1: that. He wants to get out of that situation and wants to go to a place where he can grow on his own and kind of create his own thing. And it's, it might be a situation where the irony is, is that Washington may be too close.
0: Yeah, I mean, this whole thing makes me just a little uncomfortable, the way it's playing out there. Like I said, it's difficult enough to deal with this, you know, your own issues, but let alone, you know, out on Twitter, out on the Internet, a lot of speculation, and there's things being written based upon rumors and stuff, so that just makes it hard. So, you know, when I see posters on the message board speculating, I don't know whether he's a good kid or a bad kid. Everything leads us to believe that he's a good kid. But when you're talking about family situations and divorce Mm -hmm. and academics, you know, and all of a sudden you need a class and people think you're stupid and I don't think he's a stupid kid. But, you know, just some of the speculation out there has just got to be – it's hard enough what he's going through without all the speculation. So, like I said, you know, me, I'm staying away from it a little bit. Well, and the unfortunate thing –
1: yeah, the unfortunate thing, Kim, is that with social media now, people can look and see who Ali Kaho is like – who he's following on Twitter – and they'll go, oh, he just followed a coach from Oregon. Oh, he just followed a guy that works in the Alabama football the football offices. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Well, So it lends itself to jumping to conclusions before all the facts are out. And I think at this point, because he's not on the Washington roster anymore, I'm not saying it's one of those things where Washington can't be a part of the picture anymore, but it certainly feels like by them taking that step, Washington is not an option for him anymore. Final thoughts on today, Chris? Just in general, I thought it was a good day. Obviously, the you know, let's go back to your weather report. It was nice out, but did get breezy at the end. So I thought that was interesting with the, with the kicks and whatnot, which is obviously something they're going to have to deal with. Um, Again, like, like like Luke brought up earlier, which was a great point it was it 's just kind of a mixed breed. you know you get some offense doing well, and then you get some defense popping up they 'll make some plays. Uh, it was interesting talking to Byron Murphy uh, after practice because he 's all you know uh, all about getting that trophy back because he had the best hands in the room trophy for the interceptions during the season, but he lost it to Elijah Molden during spring ball. He got his pick today to get off on the right foot, and I think that's what these guys are really focused on. They're focused on doing their thing. I think they're trying to keep the noise out as far as auburn goes and just kind of do their thing it'll be interesting to see uh how well they're able to do that over
0: the course of fall final thoughts scott Eckman
2: uh good first day a uh, lot more lively than it typically is um from a big play standpoint um just you know they're, they're not wearing pads so we you know you don't you only get to know so much during stuff like that. But I uh, thought it was a really good first day. I think if Peterson met with the media, and even though he downplays stuff a lot a bit, I think he'd say, Huh, eh, I kind of like the way this, this we began camp.
3: Lootmonger. Yeah, not a ton to add. I just would echo what Chris and Scott have said so far. Uh, high energy, it, like driven. It was fun to see the new guys mix in with the old guys, and obviously – coaches like Jimmy Lake said that there's a little bit of a, like the speed that they're playing at and their comfort zone a little different but for the most part I thought a lot of the new guys were able to come in learn a lot and absorb a lot and it'll be interesting to see how they kind of adjust over the next couple days.
0: Tons and tons and tons of content all uh, fall camp long and during the season and if you take a look in the site uh, we're offering a promotion out there right now this will be the best promotion you will see of the year. We will not run this again uh, you buy uh, one month and you'll get uh, four months so, you'll get three months free. So, basically, four for the price of one. Uh, I'll just sign up for the monthly, and you'll automatically get that fourth, uh, you know, up to the four months. So, uh, again, that's the only time we're going to offer this promotion. So, if you're thinking about subscribing, there's no better time. We're going to run that for the next couple of days. I was going to say, just to put that in perspective, Kim, if people sign up now,
1: that'll take them all the way through Apple Cup. Yeah. So, think about that. So, for the price of a couple of lattes, you get all your coverage all the way through the entire uh, regular season.
0: This could, this has a chance to be a very, very special season, and if you want to keep up with it, you know, the Seahawks, everybody's talking about Seahawks, and you turn on sports radio, you're getting Seahawks and Mariners talk. So right now, you know, uh, nobody does it better than Scott Eklund, Luke Munger, and Chris Fetters when it comes to covering the team on a daily basis, and we've also got basketball coming up, which is going to be pretty exciting. Also, for those who don't subscribe, if you want those daily uh, updates in your inbox, shoot us a note: HuskyStadium at gmail dot com. That's HuskyStadium at gmail dot com. Just put in the subject line "newsletter." We'll go ahead and get you hooked up, and we'll get those uh, daily updates in your inbox as well as. Any breaking news? I'm just big, glad to be back here, you know, covering football. So we've had a little bit of time off, but it's really ramping up and a lot of stuff going on at the network. So lots of cool stuff. So just keep it tuned right here at dogman.com. And for all of us at dogman.com, I'm Kim Grenells with Scott Ecklin, Chris Fetters, Luke Munger. Go, dogs.